Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Oh, hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Ain't we stinkers, though? Ooh, ain't we stinkers? What's the name of this character? Stinker Rick. Well, see, that doesn't really sound like a stinker name. Rick can be a stinker. You know what? You know what your name should be? What? Doubly. Doubly? Doubly. Why? I don't know. Sounds like a stinker. Doubly? Yeah. D-U-B-L-E-Y yeah. sounds like a stinker? Yeah, it sounds like a real stinker. So I guess fucking take that all the doubly, doublies out. Not Dudley? <laughs> no. Doubly. Doubly. That's not a name, babe. Oh, I didn't want anyone to feel offended. And this is exactly what's wrong with this freaking PC culture. <laughs> George Carlin was so right. He's like, oh, these days, all the teenagers are Here making are up. seven names you can't say on podcasts. Can't say Kevin. You can't say Rebecca. <laughs> How good is my George Carlin, by the way? Oh, incredible. It's a fucking slam dunk. Uh-huh. It is. Uh, he would be proud if he is he alive. No one no. is quite sure. No, pretty sure. No. no one knows for sure. Anyway, do you have any small? This is wonderful as a podcast where we talk about good stuff. Do you have any small wonders? And this is a segment where we talk about things that are just pretty good. I wanted to say the just the surprising, heartwarming nature of the show The Circle on Netflix. I was also going to bring The Circle as my Mm -hmm. small wonder. I felt weird about endorsing this show when we started watching it. Because it seemed extremely uh, trashy. Yeah, very suspect from episode one. uh, But it's a very wholesome show that uh, smacks of uh, Solitary, a show that I vociferously sort of like to talk about, uh, a reality show in which people are locked away in little... Uh, pods and forced uh-huh. to compete in challenges, but they never actually meet each other. That's what the circle is, except episode it's social one, media. Episode one. Ooh. Not great. Not great. Episode two. Eh. Episode three. Wait okay, a minute. Okay. Hey, what's going on episode here? Episode four. Oh. It's, it's just a show <laughs> that it, it ends up being surprisingly super wholesome. Mm-hmm. In a way, and that's my shit. I love it when a show mm-hmm. can make that make that turn. Uh, yeah. You sit down. You could watch this with your mom. You could watch it with your grandma, I think. I don't know. There's a lot of lewd language and a lot of blue concepts in it. Well, yeah, I guess so. There's a lot of uh, pubic bones just sort of out there. Well... <laughs> That's what the circle is. It's your. It's that's what they call the pubic bone region because it kind of forms a circle if you think about it. Uh huh. Do you have a first big wonder that you want to start us off with? I do. Yes. Okay. What do you got? Uh, it is a music artist. Oh yes. And her name is Yola. Yola. Yeah, I'm sure people do that to her. Ah shit! You're probably right. <laughs> I actually just discovered her today. Um, every once in a while, I, and I know you do this too, I will check the Tiny Desk concerts. Yes. Just to see who's hip with the kids. I don't know that that's a necessarily great cross-section of the little <laughs> twee NPR, like, concert studio is, like, really a great representation of well, who the kids Well, and when I are. say kids, I mean people under 40, but over 30. Okay. You know? <laughs> so those aren't kids at all, and you know that. Some of those are boomers, I think, technically. Um, no. No. <laughs> you almost got me there. Uh, maybe. Slid that one past me. I don't think so, sir. Uh, Yola had her first full album come out just in February 2019, so just almost exactly a year ago. Uh, it was called Walk Through Fire, and she put that out on Dan Auerbach's 
label. Why does that name sound familiar? He's from the Black Keys. Okay. And he's also like a producer of a bunch of different artists. Okay, yes. Um, I had to look him up too because I was like, that name does sound familiar. Uh, he's from, or uh, Yola's from Bristol, England. Uh, and she's got like a real like country music inspiration kind of behind her stuff. Like if you listen to some of her music, you'll instantly make that like Dolly Parton comparison. Yeah. And she cites that like as one of her primary influences. Her mother happened to have like a full collection of like records from like old like country superstars. And so it just really got her interested in the music, but she didn't really get started out that way. Uh, she was a uh, a backing singer for a lot of different bands, including Massive Attack and the Chemical Brothers and Iggy Azalea. Um, and so she kind of, like a lot of artists, just got her start kind of standing behind other artists, and huh. kind of singing the same thing as multiple other people, uh, until she really kind of got the confidence to go out on her own. Um, her first EP came out in 2016, and then it wasn't until 2019, as I mentioned, that she released that album, uh, Walk Through Fire. And I wanted to play the song, It Ain't Easier. It ain't easier. Still everyone's falling in love. Everyone's falling in love. But it It's, there's something interesting about her sound, which feels, you know, very like Americana, but then also like modernized a little bit. It's wild. You could have sent this to me and and like said it was from any time period, I and know. I I really would have believed you because it really it does have that like uh, that Dolly Dolly Parton like sort of country western narrative songstress sort of thing mm-hmm. happening but through like a like a soulful lens that just completely obscures like the actual area that that it hails yeah. from yeah so there's a review in Rolling Stone of her album and they say um it is a quote meticulously crafted love letter to 20th century american pop that fuses a half dozen or so genres including early 70s uh, country soul, singer-songwriter, pop music, smooth R&B, 60s Contrapolitan, which I Whoa. didn't realize was a thing. Contrapolitan? Contrapolitan. Like country metropolitan, I guess. We gotta listen to Cocaine and Rhinestones to understand what any of this is about. <laughs> um, and so she was nominated for a whole bunch of Grammys for this upcoming Grammy Award. She was nominated for Best New Artist, Best Americana Album, Best American Roots Performance, and Best American Roots Song. Hell Yeah. Uh, so she, I mean, she's definitely kind of made her way, uh, here and I guess she'd be 37, be 37 this year. Uh, so yeah. So if you are interested in her music and then also want to check out the tiny desk performance that was January 17th, uh, she is incredible. It's very exciting to like see somebody who's kind of not afraid to be exactly who they are and kind of live their interests. Um, she talked about. Uh, how doing backing vocals became something that she just got coaxed into doing all the time. Uh, And so she said now she's at the point where she shows up places and people just kind of assume that she's doing backing vocals. And so she's still trying to kind of figure out 
kind of what it means to be a solo artist. But huh. I feel like it's exciting to think about where she might go next. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm glad you turned me on to her. Yeah. I listened cool to a bunch stuff. of other stuff today. Yeah. Uh, can I talk about my first thing? Yes. My first thing, you should not Google. Don't Google my first thing. My first thing is a game. Okay. A folk game that you play with another person that I have always called slap wrestling. I have only <laughs> known it to be called slap wrestling. And I promise it's not nearly, if you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't think I do. It's not nearly as violent as it sounds. It is impossible to like Google it though, because I don't actually think this game has a proper name. Uh, but there were lots of like different results whenever I like searched sort of the rules of it that, that came up of lots of different names, including uh, Standoff, I found, and simply Push Hands is another name for it. If you Google slap wrestling, the first million results are just videos of huge Russian dudes <laughs> slapping the shit out of each other. Um, is this the game that we played in New Orleans? Probably. It sounds like the kind of game that I would want to play while we're in New Orleans and are hanging out with our friends in the street and have nothing else to do and have had a few drinks. Is this where you stand like hand to hand with somebody? So the rules of slap wrestling, which is what I will call it for lack of an official name, okay. is that you stand about a foot or two away from each other, sort of facing one another, hands up, palms facing each other. The, uh, the rules are if you move your feet, you're out. And you have to try and hit the other person's hands. Uh, if you hit him anywhere else, you are out because that's aggressive. Now you're fighting. Now it's a hand fight. <laughs> and we don't like okay. hand fights around here. We like slap wrestling. Uh, you got to hit hands with the other person. Try and make them lose their balance and fall down. Or when they you know, push their hands towards you trying to knock you down, you sort of move your hands back so that their momentum carries them straight forward. You and have they pictures fall of you. us playing this game in New Orleans. Like, I feel like you've got a nice camera, and so you took a bunch of pictures of us of playing Of us playing this. slap wrestling. Yes, yes, we did. Now I remember doing this. The reason I had a hard time remembering is that I've played this game so many times I in my life. I have never seen it until I, we played it that time. This is, this is not bullshit. This is like, I... Uh, I was to sort of chart my interest in it. Like I okay. learned about it when I was pretty young, like in middle school or so when I was in a play with like the Marshall university kids, sometimes the college would like cast kids for kid roles in their college, like theater productions. And so all hanging out with those older kids, I learned about slap wrestling and tried to partake. I was very weak, but my center of gravity was so low that I made quite a name <laughs> for myself on the slap wrestling. And it just seems like, the if it sounds like violent and aggressive, like then I'm not describing it correctly because it's not. Yeah. It's, if if you suffer, a any, lot of people have played it where you do like hands over other hands and you like. Do well, it that's yeah. That that's way. a that's another different game that will show up when you look up slap wrestling. Yeah. That's like uh, red hands or it, when it's like waist level and you're like kind of trying to like slap, slap each top. other's hands. Yeah. That's not what it is. It's no. all about making the other person lose their balance. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Um, and so like it is the perfect perfect game to play when you have other people there and you don't have any like 
props. You don't have any, you know, balls or frisbees or like <laughs> any other sort of like game stuff to play with. Like this is a game you don't need anything to play except another person and like an area that you can, you know, safely fall down in. Because I've I, also been in intense <laughs> matches where first person to lose their move their feet is out, and so both people will just start falling backwards. And instead of moving their feet, they just <laughs> fucking dead ass plank drop straight back. Can you really play it with somebody of a particularly different height? Yeah, sure. Because I feel it, like I've only really ever played it with people that are close to my height. Uh, yeah, no, I mean you can that the. The balance of it, no pun intended, is like the balance, right? And so I really was, you know, a skinny 13-year-old kid playing against college students, and they would try and hit my hands, and like I would just move them and they would fall over. Uh, yeah, it's, it, there is a great equalizer in slap wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I, it, because it is like the perfect game to play when you have like downtime with nothing else to do and nothing yeah. really to like play with backstage at shows, like with the rest of my like contemporary theater friends, like growing up, we would play it constantly. We would constantly slap wrestle. Uh, I remember me and Justin turned our coworkers at joystick onto it. And then at like shows, like I remember very <laughs> fondly, like waiting for trains at one E3 and just like every time we were at a train station we just slap wrestle real quick and knock out a couple <laughs> rounds uh, it is it is so fun and uh, I, I it's also kind of a great icebreaker game yeah. like playing it with those joystick guys I remember like feeling more close no, to them true. because you kind of well one you're getting like in the person's like personal space in yeah. a very like sort of harmless uh, gamey way but also you you're not just getting in their personal space you're getting in their fucking head yeah no that's much better than like okay uh say your name and an animal that you would be if you were an animal yeah and i don't like those games no i don't have the kind of free time where i just am just sort of chilling with nothing to do and there's other people around i feel like honestly since and then i'm gonna sound like you know banksy but since cell phones maybe now I don't have as much of a reason to slap wrestle when there's nothing else to do. It's true. Uh, but it's still like, if it is, I will still play this. Like if everybody's just standing around with nothing to do for waiting in line for a concert or something like that, like slap wrestling, man, it's yeah. fun as, it's fun as hell. I'm glad you reminded me of this because I'd forgotten about it. Because as I mentioned, that was my only time playing it was that one time years ago. Let's remember, next time we're together, okay. nothing going on. Next time we're together. Next time the two of us aren't <laughs> torn apart by our brutal schedules. <laughs> uh, hey, can I steal you away? Yeah. The internet is a labyrinth, and it's guarded by monsters, viruses, um, swordfish operations, swordfish hackers. Mm-hmm. What else is in there? Just uh, clouds of, you know, terrorism. Nasty. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. All right. Cyber. I mean, cyber terrorism. Cyber, Thanks, yeah, Rachel. Bullying. Cyber it's bullying. Important to a cyber mild cyber bullying. Very important. Yeah. A mild step down from cyber terrorism. I would argue. <laughs> Anyway, we've gotten extremely intense very quickly, which I don't think our advertiser will appreciate. But I do want to tell you about Dashlane because Dashlane is a service that helps uh, make everything you do on the Internet way easier. Uh, it will fill out your forms faster. It'll remember all your passwords. It keeps all your online data accessible and safe. Hey, you. With one app. What? Do you have your password on a Post-it note under your mouse pad? Stop doing that. Uh, I've just written mine right on the monitor. Sharpie. <laughs> 
Uh, it remembers and autofills your login and payment information so you don't get slowed down filling in your info across all devices. Uh, and it lets you safely send passwords and secure notes, share streaming passwords with your family, send coworkers access codes, let visitors know your Wi-Fi password, etc. So start dashing through the internet and help support the show by visiting www.dashlane.com wonderful to start your 30-day free trial of Dashlane. No credit card required. If you like it, use the code wonderful at checkout to save 25% on your premium subscription. Can I tell you about our next sponsor? Oh, yes. It's not the first love. It's not you, the second love. You do this every time. It's third love. No, you do this every time, Griffin McElroy. This is my first time doing it. Oh, how did it feel? Pretty good. Was it your second time doing it? <laughs> Was it your third time doing it? You know, if it were my third time, it would be the best time. Because what I'm talking about is third love. This is bras. <laughs> Thank you. I always forget to say what it is. This is my favorite NBC family drama. <laughs> this is Bros. It's Mandy Moore going through her closet. She's like, hey, guys. <sighs> hey, guys. This is Bros. And her family's like, I know. It's been four <laughs> seasons. I'm old. Now I'm young. But they're still Bros. <laughs> is that what it is? Yes, exactly. Except it sucks. Oh, shit. Bras, not for your feet. Nope. Turns out. <laughs> that's the that's the twist at the end of the pilot. Um, I was actually on the third love site the other day. Oh, what's up? Because here's the thing. You know how sometimes you get in a little rut with a particular um, retail site? Oh, yes. Oh, all the time. <laughs> Bestbuy.com. I'll just, oh, what am I doing here? For a long time, I would get, I got the t-shirt bra because it's like, it's like a real Great bra, and I love it. But I started looking. They got other ones, too, turns out. Oh, boy. A lot of other ones. Um, and not only that, they got a lot of different sizes. They have half sizes. Uh, and not only that, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it, and Third Love will donate it to a woman in need. They make it incredibly easy to find the right bra and the right size. And if not, they give it to somebody who needs it. That is, you're giving me a voice right now that is so tender. <laughs> Stop fighting me on this, Griffin. I'm not, I promise. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash wonderful now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash wonderful for 15% off today. Got a Jumbotron here. This one's for Otter Pop, and it's from Panda Pants. Oh, this one's going to be cute. Who says, as I write this, you're cozied up next to me on the couch watching YouTube, and there's no place I'd rather be. Marrying you last year fucking ruled. Our honeymoon in Japan will this this year will too. <laughs> you got so excited. I know. Thank goodness <laughs> for the chance to yell about how much I love you through the most wonderful TMTMTM podcast. Prepare yourself. I'm going to grab that butt later. Oh, my gosh. That is. They're living a parallel life from us. You realize It that, is right? weirdly parallel to us in a way <laughs> that kind of freaks my being a little bit. <laughs> how much, how fiercely are you going to grab that butt that you do need forewarning yeah, about prepare it? yourself. What does that mean? Maybe, maybe uh, Panda Pants startles easily because uh, of the Panda Pants. Yes. And so Otter Pop is just trying to do Panda Pants, you know, a solid. This is fun fan fiction of our fans <laughs> that you've 
It's literal fan fiction. <laughs> Can I read you the next one? Yep. This message is for Casey. It is from Julie. Casey, I just wanted to drop a line to let you know some things that I think are wonderful. Every dog, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, eating bunch of crunch at the movies, playing Overwatch, listening to this podcast, and you. Absolutely not in that order. Thanks for being the best husband I have. I think I'll keep you. Love, Julie. That is, that order seems pretty good to me. And that might just be because I don't know <laughs> what is, Casey. What is Bunch of Crunch? Is that like, that's like a toffee thing, right? No, Bunch of Crunch is essentially a crunch bar, like a chocolate oh. bar with like rice crunch in it. But it's like little, you know, nugs of them. Little crunch nugs. No, that that should be good. the name of it. I think I would do, um, okay, I'll do Casey and then... Uh, Oh, God. Scott Pilgrim, Every Dog, uh, Overwatch, then Bunch of Crunch, and then our podcast. It feels wrong to put our podcast first because... Yeah, but not last. Okay. We're definitely above Bunch of Crunch. Thank you. Nearly two decades ago, Commander Data sacrificed his life. The Greatest Discovery is also about Star Trek Picard. Jesse Thorne won't let us stay on the network unless we do all the Star Trek series, and so here we are, doing a show about maybe our favorite Star Trek character of all time. If you're excited to watch the new Star Trek Picard series and you'd like some veteran Star Trek podcasters to watch it along with, we're your guys. Sorry you're stuck with us. The hell are you doing out here, Picard? saving the galaxy so subscribe to the greatest discovery you can find it anywhere you find podcasts or at maximumfun.org i got so excited to hear your second thing i fully punched my laptop take that Joni ive who Joni ive he designed apple products for a long time wow is this a thing people know yeah he's sort of a uh, part of the sort of cult oh, of personality do you mean steve jobs no I didn't, no, babe, I didn't mess his name up that bad. (laughs) He's also not with us anymore. Joni Ive is actually not with Apple anymore. But he designed it, and he was like, he would always be like, this time I made the fucking edges rounder. (laughs) This time it's got five fucking cameras, done it? (laughs) Now it's big, now it's small again. Now it's big again. This time you can get it big or little. I'm Joni Ive. I'm the smartest man ever. Does he have an accent? or This, is this one's just... got no apps. Oops, oops, it's got apps again. That was clearly not right. No screen on this one. You just kind of yell at it. <laughs> this one's an orb. You can t- eat it. If you want, if you get bored with it. Do you see how round it is? I've done it again. Is he Ringo? I might be. <laughs> Can I tell you my second thing? Yes, please. Okay. This has kind of been a long time coming, and I just decided I'm going to do it. I'm You're ta- leaving me. No. <laughs> I knew it. It's like Marriage Story 2 up in here. Oh, we haven't watched it yet, so I don't know if we no, should say that. It just seems like closer, but with <laughs> half as many people, huh? Just every clip I see So even that. closer then, really. The closest. Because less people. Yes. <laughs> Every clip I see is just Adam Driver, and his face is so red. And Scarlett Johansson is so upset with him. And it is very close to their face. I don't want to see that. (laughs) Maybe they'll do another one that's happy, and we can watch that one. That's fun. A prequel. (laughs) Okay, what is your second thing? 
Uh, this is something I've been thinking about for a long time. It is not ending my marriage to Griffin. It is group therapy. Oh, yeah. I'm bringing it. I have been in group therapy over a year, uh, and it is maybe the most challenging thing I've ever done. Uh, and I've thought about bringing it for a while, but I wanted to feel like I really had a handle on it, which I don't. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I've been doing it long enough now that I could talk about it. Uh, this is something that, um, I don't think a lot of people really know about. And I feel like the only time I ever saw anything depicted about it was in like on television for like, you know, AA meetings, for example. There was that Matthew Perry show called Go On. Do you remember that? I'm amazed that I just pulled the fucking title of it. Wow, but I it's do. like a it was a community style show just about group group therapy uh-huh. instead of uh, community college. And there is something very community about the concept. So, just to give you kind of a quick synopsis, so group therapy is typically like six to twelve people, um, and uh, it is selected for people that want to focus on relationships. Um, because what it allows you to do is just have conversations in the room with people and really pay attention to your feelings and trying to identify kind of what it is about what's being discussed or the people in the room that are kind of bringing those feelings out in you, uh, and in kind of a, in a safe space. Um, I had been seeing a therapist and I was talking about how I had kind of, felt like I had a pretty good handle on kind of my mental health, but that I still found myself being very kind of analytical and inward in my relationships with other people. It was very hard for me to kind of be open emotionally and be vulnerable with even some of my closest friends. And my therapist who happened to lead a group said, uh, the kind of the best way to build that strength is with other people. Um, and so she talked me into it for like six months. I would like, I'd go see her and she would be like, what do you think? And I'd be like, oh, what if, you know, what if like, you know, like I can't relate to them? You know, just a lot of concerns really about the personalities in the room. Because the way that it's been for me is that I am only comfortable being kind of open and honest with people that I've known for a very long time. Right. It's like a, it's like a catch 22 in a way where like having those conversations would improve your opening up to people, but it requires you to open up to people. <laughs> in a, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think kind of the, the reason, part of the reason the dynamic works for so many people is because you get this kind of shared sense of purpose and it also kind of builds this community. Uh, and you're talking with people that may not have a kind of a lot of the same common ground. Um, but if you do find moments of kind of commonality, it kind of helps you reduce that feeling of isolation and make you kind of more confident, you know, that you can find shared experience with people, even if they're like not, you know, from your background or have your experience. Do you feel like, uh, I know the answer to this, but to like demonstrate, <laughs> Uh, like how long do you think it, it took for you to like feel comfortable enough to like actually participate in like a material way in that, in that environment? I mean, kind of the same as it does like in a, in a relationship with a new person generally, like it was like four to six months of me going once a week and just being like, okay, I need to get a handle on everybody in this room. Right. <laughs> like I needed to feel like I kind of understood 
the dynamic and what everybody was bringing. And this is just kind of generally how I approach relationships. And so it, it, you end up learning a lot basically about yourself Um, because not only are you like told to kind of examine your feelings in the moment, um, but you're in this room of people sharing very personal things and kind of the way you react to that is just kind of a microcosm of how you react to that in your, your day-to-day life. Yeah, of course. Um, and so there's been kind of a lot of research on it. Obviously it's not, it's not something for everybody. If you're, you know, intensely shy or have real severe social anxiety, it's probably not appropriate for you. Um, but there's been uh, research to say that, um, seeing other people's progress in a group can help individuals realize that they can also make progress. Hmm. Um, the group, um, allows you to kind of observe, as I mentioned earlier, what the reaction people will bring out in you. And so you'll, if you'll notice moments of where like your anxiety is spiking or you notice how your body language will change and you have people in the room to kind of respond to that. Uh, and studies have shown that the kind of the peer interactions that happen in group can be very therapeutic. Um, and so more than just, you know, doing like individual therapy, you can identify a lot with one another in the room and that can kind of translate to your real life. So not only that, but you can develop communication skills and socialization skills um, and learn how to accept criticism. And it also helps you kind of develop some self-awareness by listening to other people. I think a lot of people will enter group either, you know, because they have a they have a particular relationship that they're kind of struggling with or that has kind of made them feel more insecure. And they'll kind of spend a lot of time in the room exploring that. And they can have people kind of react and say, you know, what you're saying to me right now, like, I'm not, that's not the impression I'm getting at all. You know, like people, oh, yeah. people that will be in your corner pretty quickly and, and they have no real like, stake necessarily in how things turn out for you you know like it's not like a family member or a friend who you you trust but you also feel like oh well you're really invested in me it's like oh this person i see once a week believes this about me right this this must be a really strong part of who i am that they could pick up on that already um and i think that also that it's a safe environment to kind of experiment with trying to say different things out loud to people and and communicate better. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I mean, it is kind of terrible. It's very sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> I usually will come back from it very sweaty. I feel um, like I can tell when you like get home from, from work because you do it in the middle of your work day. Like, yeah. oh shit. Like, yeah. it must have been wild up in that chamber. Yeah. Because <laughs> people will bring, I mean, the people have varying levels of, of, mental health issues and and you you know when you're in the room it's not like you're matched necessarily with people who have like your exact level of you know like anxiety or your exact level of depression you know and so you're talking to people who will bring a lot of stuff that can be upsetting or can remind you of other things that you'd forgotten about And, and it's i mean it's intense and you're literally at least in my experience sitting in a circle all staring at each other yeah i feel like it's gotta be right that's gotta be universal right they don't have anybody like sitting a straight line yeah um and then the therapist just kind of acts as facilitator it's not guided in the way at least my experience hasn't been guided in the way that i thought like there's no like topic for the day it's emotion jazz baby the first couple times i was there i feel like people just sat silently for a while just kind of waiting to see (laughs) 
waiting to see who was going to share something. Since you have told me about like your experience, uh, it has sounded so appealing t- to, to me from yeah. a like, uh, I, I go to individual therapy and like uh, most of the days that I go to it, like I catch myself at the end of it, like, wow, these things have all, all been true, uh, for me, you know, lately or always. And I've never really thought of them cause I didn't fucking say them out loud to another person. And my brain isn't that yeah. introspective where it's not. So the idea of like having a room full of people who I might have more in common with, or can give me some extra context, for the things that I'm like thinking and addressing and acknowledging for the first time and saying out loud, like sounds so invaluable. And also like my (laughs) fucking absolute nightmare vat of venomous asps biting and biting and biting until I am dead forever. (laughs) Yeah. It, I have found my, opinion about it got better when I thought of it as kind of like a testing ground, right? Because people in the room will remind you of somebody in your life, whether it's like a family member or a friend or an ex. And you'll say like, oh, they're saying things that person would say. I'm going to ask them a question and see how they would respond to this. Because it kind of helps you think about, oh, this person might be similar and I have an opportunity now to ask them a very personal question sure. that, that I couldn't necessarily do with the person, you know, that they remind me of. So it's and that I feel like is valuable to like that. The fact that I feel the way I feel like that I have that fear is probably something that <laughs> I could get some help with uh, from a, a big group of, of strangers. Yeah, it, it can. It can be very challenging because you do become kind of laser focused. Like in some ways, it makes you more self-conscious because you have a bunch of people sitting listening to you and saying oh you know what that sounds a lot like what you said about this last week and you're like oh my gosh it does oh do I always say that do I always sound like that <laughs> um but I you know I think I'm, I'm invested in it I our my therapist initially said I make everybody try it for at least three months and at the time that seemed like forever because it was once a week for over an hour for three months and I thought there's no way but I will do it because that is the rule <laughs> and I follow the rules. Uh, and now it's been over a year yeah, and, you've been doing great. and I, I feel invested in it. And Griffin has told me it's done good things. It has. Yeah. So I feel it's, good about that. It's been really, I can tell like it's been, it's been great for you and I'm super proud of you too. Like yeah. it is like, I genuinely do not know if I could do it because it is, and we share some of the same sort of yeah. social anxieties to lesser degrees about like being able to open up to people or being able to, you know, talk to people at all. Like, like a personal level, you know, like yeah. a real like personal. Yeah. Uh, and, and to, for you to jump in and just like fucking do it is, yeah. is so badass. <laughs> uh, well, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> What's your second thing? Is Thanks for Cheetos? listening, everybody. For... <laughs> that's it. I'm Thanks sorry. For and goes to... I'm sorry. I always do this to you. <laughs> It's Sky Cookies. <laughs> it's Delta Sky Cookies. Hey, those are very good cookies. Don't you fucking patronize me <laughs> on our love podcast. How dare you? I'm talking about Biscoff cookies. You can Sky. dip them in coffee. And Don't. I, I can't. I know what this is. No, hey, we're both brave. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your relationship with these cookies. <laughs> you say that a lot about small sky cookies. <laughs> sky cookies. Okay, let's 
stiff upper lip. Let's be serious about this. Sky cookies are important to me. I'm talking about Biscoff cookies. I fly a lot. And I, whenever I fly Delta, which is probably, I don't know, top two, top three airlines for me. You got to sign up for, for that rewards thing. Griff. I do. I'm up on it. I'm up oh, on it good, now. Good, I've good, been a good, good boy lately. I've been, I got down on the apps. I've been, yeah. I don't have credit cards or any of that shit. I guess I should. But the way that they gamify, like, frequent flyer miles, no. like, scares the shit out of me. Because I could <laughs> get, like, uh-huh. way too into that. Uh, but I like Delta because like they're they're probably you and know, they got those cookies. They're probably ethically horrific in some way that I don't know about. But uh, they got movies most of the time, and that's yeah. pretty fresh. Their bathrooms nice. are microscopic most of the time. It's hard to even like I don't want to be blue here, but like get toilet paper down there. <laughs> Because like the thing is so the stall is so narrow that you can't like open up your legs enough to like get anyway. Their cookies are off the fucking chains. I'm talking about free Biscoff cookies that they give off. They give out a Delta flight. Every Delta flight, uh, they offer you free snacks, pretzels, Cheez-Its, or cookies. And if you choose anything but the cookies, you're wrong. You've chosen and incorrectly. And hey, a lot of the times, they'll give, you, they'll give you more than one. Give me those Cheez-Its and those cookies. Yeah. I'm a silver member, probably. <laughs> I'm on my way to becoming a silver member. That's nothing, sir. Uh, traveling in the morning, I do fly a lot, just flew last weekend, getting a shitty cup of coffee with some cream and sugar in it and a packet of Biscoff cookies that you can just sort of, I don't dunk it because that's too messy for me in the airplane. I need to be pretty like, you know, spotless the whole time, but I will take a bite and I'll take a slug of that, of that coffee and uh-huh. just sort of let it in the mouth (laughs) damn that's good that's so satisfying it's how i start off my day and i just love it if you've never had one biscoff cookies are just these super crunchy shortbread cookies that are flavored with like caramel and then spiced with uh a bunch of different spices there's like cinnamon and ginger and nutmeg kind of a gingerbread sort of situation yes happening there um and you can buy them in some stores i think you i think in america they are strictly imports you know you can get that spread right cookie butter is yes, the thing that sir. I, here's the thing i love biscoff cookies they come from belgium in belgium they're called speculoos uh and they were originally in like the 1700s given out on sinterklaas which is saint nicholas day which i guess is a different day from christmas day it's december 6th uh and now i eat them on airplanes to get very strong <laughs> Uh, Delta started serving them on, on their airplanes in 1986. Oh, man. Which means I've never lived in a world without sky cookies, <laughs> and that's a blessing. Uh, and other airlines, I thought this might have been true, but I couldn't like remember explicitly. Other airlines do also offer Biscoff cookies sometimes. Oh. American Airlines do, do uh, Alaska Airlines do, huh. uh, I forget who else. Uh, but if it's your birthday, sometimes Delta will turn them into a little crown for you and put a little crown of Biscoff cookies on your head. Here, Here is my question. Undoubtedly, we could purchase these and have them in our home. When they sell them in stores, though, they are much smaller. They're okay. much, much, much smaller. Would you want to have them at home? And would that potentially make the sky cookie less special? This is my question. This is one of those foods that I could see myself, this is true of the weirdest shit, and you can probably attest to this. 
uh, I probably talked about this during the bars episode where I was like, I just like having, I yeah. like having some sort of fruit and nut bar, yeah. some sort of grain bar in the house at all times, yes. right? Yes. Because if I'm a little peckish, but it's not really <laughs> a good time and I don't really want to have a huge like wild snack, I'll grab a bar. I kind of feel like I would get this way about Biscoff where I don't want to yeah. just go to the store and buy a box of Biscoff cookies that I could then have like at night, you know, after dinner here and there. I would want a fucking like wild bulk barrel of Biscoff cookies so that I would know that like for breakfast, when I have my morning coffee, uh-huh. I'm just good. I'm covered in the Biscoff department. Okay, so you'd want like a gallon size. I either want no Biscoff cookies or I want 30,000 Biscoff cookies in my house. Uh, Delta serves them uh, because they're fucking good, but also because they are vegan and nut free. So like it kind of works for for most folks. Yeah. Uh, I just, I really like them. I don't like, I don't love like a super sweet, super rich treat, especially when I'm flying. Like I really, I really do try to stay like sort of more conscious about my like body and the things I'm putting in it on a day where I'm flying because the flying already kind of beats the shit out of me. And I just think that they're just kind of mellow and rich and satisfying. Mm -hmm. And with that morning coffee, it's so good. But cookie butter is just Biscoff cookie crumbs all ground up mixed with fat, uh, flour and sugar. So it's kind of like Nutella, but it's actually ground up cookies. And that's pretty wild. I don't love that. Don't love that. Love Biscoff. Don't love when we gelatinize it. I, I, I like the concept of it, but all I can think is, wouldn't you just put it on other cookies? Like, I don't think I'd want it on anything but other cookies. When I Googled it, it was like, you put this on bread to make a sandwich like you do with Nutella. And I wanted to be like, yo, Google, people aren't doing that that much with Nutella. Like, please don't send me links to like, here's a Nutella and peanut butter uh, sandwich that I like to make. That's fine. Like, I know that some people do that, but I do not think that is Nutella's sort of like main use No, it's like a dessert treat you know i like biscoff cookies in their sort of snappy crunchy you know shortbread form that's mm-hmm. my jam mm-hmm. i do love them very much i love them thank you delta i have submissions from our friends at home joel says the recent mention of mcgruff the crime dog and other animal psa mascots made me think of the lee county lit jesus this is so rough to say i cannot believe that this is what they <laughs> called it the lee county litter lizard Cutouts of the lizard are set up at various local parks throughout my small hometown, reminding kids to throw their trash in nearby bins. I loved him as a kid, and I still do now. He's a cute little guy. He's against littering, and he always seems just as happy to see me as I do seeing him. Lee County Litter Lizard. Who that is hard. Oh, litter Lizard. 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 That's like a vocal, <laughs> a vocal. Warm that yeah. we would definitely sing before opening night of Oklahoma. Uh, Joel sent a picture of this wonderful lizard. It's very big and imposing. Can I see it? Got a yellow baseball cap on. Oh, whoa. And a big smile. I think he looks kind of like a gator. Oh, he does kind of look like a gator. That oh. is powerful. Yeah. And he is wearing a t-shirt. It's a white t-shirt that somebody has written in Sharpie, Lee Litter Lizard, on it. <laughs> That's so fun. Okay. Thank you. That's a very good... I want to hear about everybody's local yes, me PSA too. mascots. I want to make a podcast about local PSA mascots because yes. I find it so fascinating. Uh, VJ says, my small wonder is the smell of Old Navy ships. 
I read that sentence and I was like, the smell of Old Navy, like they're co- ships. You mean the literal, <laughs> the literal old Navy. Uh, I've worked on two separate battleship museums, one in Hawaii and the other in California since I was 16. And now as a 29 year old, the smell of the old oil and ship stuff makes me feel at home. The smell even grew on my girlfriend over time. But initially when I would get home after work, she would always say that I smelled like ship. <laughs> What's an old ship smell like? What is this life? Old oil. Okay. I can kind of put together kind of what that smells like. And ship stuff. I have always been very, like, very, very deeply landlocked. Uh, so I don't think I've even been on any kind of ship except for a cruise ship that probably it probably has probably its own smell like old navy ship want to know what old navy this is i see i'm adding this to my bucket list of smells and this is a special list <laughs> bucket list smells. i've got one bucket that i've been going around the country and putting smells in put smells right in it. <laughs> one day i'm just gonna dunk my face in there <laughs> Huff it all up. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And hey, thank you to MaximumFun.org while we're at it, while we're thanking people. Yeah, thank you, Maximum Fun, for hosting our show and hosting a lot of shows like the Jackie and Lori show. And Mission to Zix. Yes, and Round Springfield. All great programs. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can find more at MaximumFun.org. If you like the stuff we make, it's all at McElroy.family. Uh, you want to check out our merch or uh, other podcasts or live shows coming up. We're working on uh, some some more dates for that. I think um, there's still tickets for Cincinnati, right? Yes, I believe so. Those are coming up in late February. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll be announcing a, a couple more uh, short, short tours uh, for the spring coming up here soon. Uh, Rachel and I are going to be doing a wonderful on that aforementioned cruise ship, yeah. uh, Joko Cruise 2020. Uh, there have been no cabins available for that for like a year, so I don't know why I'm telling you. But look you. forward to a live episode at sea. Ah, uh, yes. Yar. We'll do lots of fun. <laughs> Ooh, what's great about the sea? That's what's what, We always do like local wonderful, and I feel like ocean, there's so much. There's a lot of stuff in the ocean. It's really big. Coral. <laughs> Every time you see that, I think of your Walking Dead impression. Coral. <laughs> Get to the car, Coral. I can't say anything but his name. <laughs> Coral. Bye, everybody. <laughs>
I'm dead center on the balance beam. And this is like a big gym. All the ki kids' parents are there watching. I have to stop. Like, you know, when you have to pee so bad and you can't even move. And then I just go. I just pee oh, right in the middle no. of the high balance beam. <laughs> so join me every week on the JV Club podcast where I speak with complicated, funny, messy humans as we reminisce about our adolescences and how they led us to becoming who we are. Find it every Thursday on Maximum Fun.